Okay, two minutes to curtain. Standby lights. Cue music. Sound speeding. Mo Christina to places. Ladies, I promise you look fine. And in five, four, three, two. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Wow. I can't believe we're here. We've made it. We've made it. (laughs) We are finally at the event you have been waiting all year for. The 2023 third annual Star Dazzle Awards. Uh, Christina is sporting a black vintage NYU <laughs> Tish t shirt, long blonde hair curled, mm. nails painted a light. Uh, what is it? This is uh, the OPI Infinite Shine Pretty Pink Perseveres. And we have perseverance, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so like this is gonna sound corny. But I just feel like when we started and we we're like, whoa, 10 people listen to this. Mm-hmm. And we were like, but we have to stick with it. Like, we'll see growth. And then three years later, we're like, oh, my God. Like, we have a Patreon. People want bonus episodes. Like, to see the interaction and the desire for more episodes is, like, so fulfilling. And it makes us so happy. Yeah, it's it's truly crazy and like so humbling how much the podcast has grown over the years. We like truly can't express how thankful we are for anyone who's listens to even one episode, to people who listen every week, to people who are like willing to sign up for a Patreon for us. Like that is truly so heartwarming and it means a lot to us. This is such a fun thing that we get to do and getting to connect with people all over the world is just the cherry on top. Definitely. It's the most fun thing that I get to do. I look forward to it and being able to record episodes with my best friend, Christina, is such a pleasure, especially this year. It's been, if you've been listening, I've had a (laughs) rough time. But I will say, like, through all the tribulations, like, Christina has been so on point with everything. She's super organized. Oh, my god! She really puts her all into making sure everything gets done at the pod, and I just can't ask for someone better to do this with. So thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I feel equally as grateful that I get to do this with you. It is, like, the best part of my week when we get to hop on and just chat and laugh, and especially because we don't live in the same place anymore. Yeah. I'm so glad we have this to keep us connected, and you always have so many good ideas, and you do so much for the pod, and I'm so proud that you've, like, learned how to edit and stuff this year. Like, that's been so exciting. (laughs) So... Yeah, I I'm super grateful for for season three. It's been it's been an interesting season. I think we both yeah. we talked about this as we were compiling uh, the nominees that we did a bit of an eclectic mix of movies this past year. Much like <laughs> Sam Levinson in as the creator of Euphoria, mm. much like him, we have also lost the plot a bit <laughs> this season because <laughs> I feel like. Obviously, we're, our whole thing is like late 90s, early 2000s, nostalgic faves. But I think sometimes we di- diverged from like nostalgic faves mm. into random like 2000s movie or yeah. more contemporary movies, which obviously like I love all the picks that we've done. But I think this coming season, we really want to get back to our roots in the Y2K mm-hmm. zone. 
Yeah, we, we really like kind of tested the bounds, tested the limits of what people are like willing to, to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, it'll be fun to kind of get back to our roots with next season, which I'm very excited for just to get some classic decom, some teen movies, you know, your your Hillary Lindsay's back in the chat. So oh, yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I keep thinking about Amanda Bynes. And I just want her to be happy. Yeah, always. I love her acting. I think she's so talented. But I don't need to see her on TV ever again if she doesn't want me to. Mm -hmm. I just want her to be okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, on that note, we are wishing you all a bright and beautiful season four. But of course, before we go into season four, we have to do our season finale roundup. Yep. For the Star Dazzle Awards. The Star Dazzle for this year goes to. What's the prize? Troy? The Star Dazzle Award? Do you want us to lose the Star Dazzle Award to Star Dazzle Award? This year we had 419 voters for the Star Dazzle Award. Holy shit. 419 <laughs> voters? Yep. That's insane. If you want to know a secret, I didn't vote. <gasps> you didn't? I did. <laughs> I don't think I voted last year either because sometimes I'm kind of just like, I want to see what the people mm. say. Like, I don't know. It, I, it's so like <laughs> nonsensical, but I'm like, ooh, like I'm counting the votes. Yeah. <laughs> An impartial, uh, impartial overseer. Yeah. I did vote like first before right, right. the form was made public just so I wouldn't be swayed by wanting to like, you know, sway the votes any particular way based on what was winning or what wasn't. So I did vote, sense. but it was, it was a completely solo activity. We did have some like very close categories this year. Some categories that had like less than 10 votes separating the winner from the runner up. So it's going to be an interesting show. We also had some categories where we really just like meticulously picked through and and chose these curated selections and y'all just picked the most obvious <laughs> the most obvious answer. Mhm. Mm mhm. No one has any creativity, <laughs> any originality. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, yeah, I guess it is, you know, by popular vote for a reason. Right, right. It's a classic for a reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But with that being said, shall we, uh, shall we get into our first category of the evening? I am so excited. Let's delve in. So our first category will be, as per usual, our award, The Besties. And one common theme in a lot of the movies that we cover, we love we love movies about friendship, specifically oh, female yeah. friendship, not exclusive though. And uh, we had some really great friend groups this year. Definitely strong friendships. Um, and honestly, also a variety of ages from Donna and the Dynamos to the Four Townies. Mm -hmm. So pretty exciting. And 
also exciting, we have the Swamp Pod presenting the besties category. Yes, it only felt fitting to have a pair of besties themselves present this award. Mm -hmm. If you haven't listened to the Swamp Pod, definitely go check them out. They also cover a lot of similar movies as we do, and it's just a great time. So without further ado, over to the Swamp Pod. Oh my god, Emily, where are we? This isn't our podcast. Darren. Did you forget? Like, we're here to present for the Star Dazzle Awards. Oh, the Star Dazzle Awards. And we're here to present which category again? Um, In the besties category, which is fitting. Yeah, fitting because you tolerate me at best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my name is Dara and I'm here with my co-host Emily and we are from a podcast called The Swamp and it's an acronym. Stands for some whack-ass movie podcasting. And we're just so excited to be here today. Thank you so much for moving this up raised us for having us and we are beyond honored to be presenting the category of besties and the nominees are the four townies from turning red donna and the dynamos from mamma mia the zetas from the house bunny the treehouse girls from now and then and the brats from you guessed it brats and the award goes to Donna and the Dynamos. Of course. It's like a lifelong friendship. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. The whole movie, even though it's surrounding the finding of the father, it is really about the friendship in the end. Definitely. And this also makes me super excited to cover the sequel, which is also kind of a prequel, and getting to see, you know, the early days of Donna and the Dynamos, how their friendship endured. You know, it's it's an iconic trio of women and a very well-deserved win. And next up, we're moving on to Best Soundtrack. I don't know what to say about Best Soundtrack. I mean, it's really the culmination mm -hmm. of all the songs, right? Yeah. It's something that, like, you can just listen to and you're like, I'm in for the ride. I'm strapped in from beginning to end. Yeah, they're they're creating a world with the music selections. It's really about finding something that's cohesive beginning to end. Right. And it uh, supports the emotional arc of what we're seeing. And for this particular category, we have Arthur from Two Cents Critic. Arthur also critiques movies. So if you like our podcast and you want some more movie critique in your life, definitely go check him out. Take it away, Arthur. Hello, all. I'm Arthur Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic, a podcast that gives reviews and recaps of books, movies, and TV shows. I've been tuning into Mo and Christina's show for a long while now, and I really do consider it an honor for them to ask me to be here as a presenter. Because yes, I'm presenting the category for Best Soundtrack. This special little element of movies can add so much flavor to the viewing experience, make it extra memorable. Sometimes I even come out of a movie finding that its soundtrack was the aspect that shined the brightest. So now, we're going to aim to spotlight at a few nominees that roasted such enjoyable soundtracks. And the nominees are... Music and Lyrics Dirty Dancing The House Buddy The Wedding Singer Tarzan And Juno And the award for best soundtrack goes to... Tarzan! What a fantastic pick. It had to be Tarzan. There was no other option. It had to be. Lily Collins' dad said, yeah, <laughs> I might have a kid, but what's my star 
you know, magnum opus, it's the Tarzan soundtrack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not any of his albums, just the Tarzan soundtrack. But the man said, I got a pair of bongos and a dream. Yeah. And I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He really went out of, on a limb, too, to make it sound different than a lot of other Disney movies. Definitely. Yeah. Well-deserved. 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 And next up, we have one of my favorite categories, <laughs> DILF of the Year. You know, we we love a DILF on this podcast, and there were so many. We actually added a, another nominee. We traditionally only did five, but yes. this year we have six because there were some incredible DILFs this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, also a shout out to the DILFs that unfortunately didn't make it off the shortlist. Yes. We still love you. We have to give an honorable mention to Mr. McGuire. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Sam McGuire. (laughs) Let me tell you, when we were watching Stuck Between a Bra and a Hard Place, Mr. McGuire was getting some looks from us. Yeah. Okay? He was being a good husband, a supportive father. He had a a teacher-esque air about him with his little essay contest and his swoopy hair and glasses. The glasses, yeah. It was working. (laughs) He was doing something. I'm going to need to go and rewatch a lot more Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. And just, you know, figure out where where this is stemming from. Because I don't know why I never thought of it before literally watching this episode last week. Same. Yeah. Same. Is it just exclusive to that episode? Is there something that I wasn't seeing all along? Maybe I think we're in our, like, dad craze era. (laughs) Yeah. Where, you know, late 20s is when you really start to appreciate a good DILF, I think. Right. We, like, look at men now and we're like, I could really settle down with you. Yeah. I could really build a life and uh, have a family together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, want to be my husband? (laughs) Hey, want to father my children? (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, And to present this award, we have the incredible Sarah, a.k.a. Twilight Talk. You know we love Sarah and you all do too. The Twilight episodes are our most popular and our most frequently requested. I promise We will be getting to Breaking Dawn in season four. It will be happening. Without further ado, Sarah, tell us who's DILF of the Year. Hi, it's Sarah. You may know me as Sarah Elizabeth Talks on TikTok, previously known as Twilight Talks. Uh, I am here to announce the DILF of the Year category, which is a super important category. I'm very excited. Uh, The nominees for DILF of the Year are Gomez Adams from the Adams Family. Charlie Swan from the Twilight Saga Eclipse. I think you all know where your boat should go. Um, and again, we're talking about movie Charlie, not book Charlie. Book Charlie bad, movie Charlie great. Uh, Tarzan's dad is the next nominee from Tarzan. The Commander from Sky High. Gregorio Cortez from Spy Kids. And Dill Pendergast from Easy A, who is... We love Stanley Tucci. We stand, uh, Stanley, we stand Stanley Tucci in this house. The award for DILF of the Year goes to Charlie Swan, the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Yay! Mr. Charles Swan. Of course. I mean, it's fitting to have Sarah present for the twilight nom yeah and i mean he's like a young fit 
dad. With a mustache and a flannel and an ice cold beer in hand. Just wants to be there for his daughter. I mean, we all know that movie Charlie is far superior to book Charlie. But yeah, I can't go wrong. This was his second nomination. He was nominated last year as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think he won, though. I think it might have been Nick Parker that took it last year. I think it was Nick Parker. Yeah. 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 But he's back, and he came back with a vengeance, and mm-hmm. he won. He won that it. he did. I will say, as a, a proud member of the Tucci gang, I was <laughs> a little bit sad that Dill Pendergast didn't take this this win. But he has some other shots in some other categories. So this isn't the end for, for Stanley Tucci. Um, I was rooting for Gomez Adams. Yeah. That's, that's my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Love to all the DILFs. And you get a DILF, you get a DILF, you get a DILF. (laughs) Up next, we have one of our first costume categories. It is Best Dressed. And honestly, this was such a blast to kind of comb through because Mm -hmm. there is one animated movie on here, but like the costume design – is such a pivotal part of a film. And you know the scene in the movie where she's like coming down the stairs Mm -hmm. and you see the dress for the first time. And that's what we're really harnessing when we came up with this category. Exactly. Because there's some movies that we didn't nominate for costume design, but we needed to be able to highlight these show-stopping dresses in particular. Mm -hmm. So we had to come up with a category just for that. And we have the iconic pop culture maven ravenstone to present the award yes you may remember raven from our my best friend's wedding episode Mm -hmm. which was so much fun to record uh raven is also a great person to follow on tiktok if you want to see snapshots of movie moments breakdowns of iconic dresses like some of the ones we have listed so definitely go check out raven on tiktok and uh without further ado raven Take it away. My name is Raven Stone, and you may know me as Mr. Stone author from TikTok, but you may not know me at all. And you know what? That's okay. And you know why it's okay? Because I know who I am. I am a 28-year-old homosexual with the soul of a 13-year-old Midwestern gay kid who is obsessed with iconic dresses from movies. And that is why I've been selected by two podcast queens to present the best dress category for the beloved Star Dazzle Awards. Now, this year's nominees for best dress are nominated because they're so much more than just costumes. These dresses represent a time and a place and a feeling. They represent the moment when we were 13 watching a movie and our breath was taken away when our main character popped on the screen because we knew that if we wanted to be anything in life, we wanted to be her in that dress when the guy we all wanted realized that he wanted us to. So without further ado, here are the nominees for best dress. Laura Jean Covey's star ball dress from To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You. Anastasia Romanoff's ballet dress from Anastasia. Katniss Everdeen's interview dress from The Hunger Games. Rose DeWip Ucater's dinner dress from Titanic. Gracie Hart's makeover dress from Miss Congeniality. And Layla Williams' homecoming dress from Sky High. And the award for best dress... 
Anastasia Romanoff's ballet dress from Anastasia. The only animated movie. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. I thought yeah. that maybe Titanic would take this one, mm-hmm. but Anastasia's dress is gorgeous. That deep blue and the little kind of like sheer cape that's coming off of it, the opera gloves, the updo, the whole look is just phenomenal. You can't blame Dimitri for having his goo goo gaga moment looking at her (laughs) at the top of those stairs. Definitely, definitely. And the fact that she is finally reunited with her grandmother. So beautiful. Her grandmama. Grandma. So definitely hats off to Anastasia. Mm-hmm, definitely. And if you listen to our hairspray Patreon episode, honorable mention, unfortunately, didn't make it into the nominees because we didn't think about it. But Penny's dress from hairspray from the ending uh, moment. Yes. Honorable mention to you. Beautiful dress. Gorgeous. Amanda Bynes looks phenomenal. Just incredible in it. Mm-hmm. I would love to buy that dress. So if anyone knows where I can get it. <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> All right, next up, we have our favorite parents category, a classic, a tried and true. We got to have it every year. And I really love our lineup of nominees this year. We had some really, really amazing parents throughout this whole season. Yeah. Both single parents as well as couples. And as we record this, it is Mother's Day. So we just want to say a special shout out to all parents or all parental figures out there because you're doing the Lord's work. Absolutely. I got to say these parents, you know, whether we watched these movies when we were younger or older, I would say there are a lot of gems here. Mm-hmm. When you have a good pair of movie parents, I think we can all take away a little slice of wisdom from, mm-hmm. for example, Kala and Tarzan. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, I'm going to start crying had, again. I know. <laughs> Poof. That was such an emotional roller coaster. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think sometimes we have our little TV parents in addition to our parental figures. And we thought it would be a fun idea to have someone who is a parent present this category. So we have one of our Patreon members. Kirsten here to present the favorite parents category. Kirsten is a new mom and a great contributor on Discord. She's always popping in, having cool conversations. So thank you so much, Kirsten, for being a presenter this year and take it away. Hello, Sleepover Squad. My name is Kirsten Ringel. I'm a longtime listener, Patreon subscriber, And as a first-time mom to one lovely baby this March, I was honored to be invited to present this year's nominees for Favorite Parents. The nominees are George and Nina Banks, Father of the Bride, Kala, Tarzan, Dill and Rosemary Pendergast, Easy A, Kenneth Daniels, Jump In, Ming and Jin Lee, Turning Red, Gomez and Morticia Adams, the Adams family. Like Gomez and Morticia Adams, some of these parents have fun and loving relationships with their partners. Like Jin Lee, some of these parents offer gentle emotional support for their children. And like Dylan Rosemary Pendergast, some of them bring so much humor to parenting. I hope to be able to do the same. Now, what you've all been waiting for. 
And the award for favorite parents goes to... Dill and Rosemary Pendergast. Easy A. Congratulations. Tucci gang, let's fucking go. (laughs) Tucci gang, rise up. (laughs) Yeah. This one was a no-brainer. I do feel like, although, like, I I love Kala. I love Mm -hmm. George and Nina Banks. I mean, come on. I know. Dill and Rosemary, they make a big splash. They're (laughs) unforgettable. Are they the best parents in terms of guiding their daughter? Sometimes a little questionable. 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 But they do make us laugh. They do make us love. They do make us live. So what more can you ask for? (laughs) (laughs) Laughing, loving, living. Living, And, um... Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of times that I, I quote Stanley Tucci's lines from EZA is probably really annoying for anyone who's around me, but can't help it. Love him. Next up, we have Diva of the Year. And some of these people, most of these people we don't like, right? But <laughs> they have made an impact. Mm-hmm. They're hot shit on screen. And I will say – what makes a diva of the year different from just a straight villain is that like they have like a juicy plot. They're like mm-hmm. you can't look away from the screen when the diva of the year is performing. Yeah, they have an undeniable presence. Mm-hmm. When they're on screen, they're all that's on screen. You know, they right. walk into a room, they are the spotlight, and it's a hard it's a hard quality to really quantify because. You know, it defies it defies any reason. It defies logic. It just you, either you got it or you don't. It is one of those things. It's like you're born with it or you're not. There's yeah. no Maybelline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and presenting this year's Diva of the Year Award is Zach, one of our lovely mutuals on TikTok. Uh, you may recognize him as Zachy Quacky Tacky. Love that handle. Amazing handle. He does a lot of really cool pop culture moments going into movies that we all know and love and just generally an absolute joy. So definitely be sure to head over to TikTok, give a little follow. And without further ado, Zach, take it away. Hey everyone, it's me, Zach. Although you may know me by my international pop star persona, Zachy Quacky Tacky. I'm here to announce the Diva of the Year category and I couldn't be more thrilled. Now Texan professor Dr. Beyonce Knowles Carter defines Diva as the female version of a hustler. And boy, do these lovely ladies know how to hustle. From gyrating on a beach in Greece to creating a certified lover boy from scratch, our nominees are fabulous examples of what it means to truly be a diva. However, there is only one winner. The four ladies I do not call must immediately return to the house, pack their belongings, and go home. And the nominees are Becky Lehman, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Velma Von Tussle, Hairspray. Dr. Frankenfurter, The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Tanya Chesum Lee, Mamma Mia. And Cora Corman, Music and Lyrics. And the winner of Diva of the Year is... <gasps> Tanya Chesum Lee, Mamma Mia. Does your mother know that you're out? Sadly, Tanya couldn't be here tonight, so I'll be accepting the award on her behalf and keeping it forever. I am so Perfect. happy that Tanya won. That is personally who I wanted to win, so I was thrilled. Of course, Christine Bransky took it away she had to the musical number in mamma mia her big moment her big musical number Mm -hmm. is something i think about daily with that little bob the red swimsuit the little like sarong wrap that she has on 
Yes. Come on. The three-time divorcee and <laughs> best friend of Donna. Donna in the Dynamo's fame. Like, yeah. Uh, Honestly, like, we considered nominating both her and uh, Miss Martha May from The Grinch because they are yeah. both divas in their own right. Really, any character that Christine Baranski is going to play, you already know what you're getting. Absolutely. Excellence. <laughs> I'm thinking of, like, Cruel Intentions, right? Yeah. yeah. And although she has a, a much smaller role, absolute diva material. Mm-hmm. You know? 100%. So very, very much – a deserved win. Absolutely. All right. Now moving on to another classic category. We got to bring it back every year. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we love a montage and we had some really great ones this year. So attention had to be paid. Yes. And there's nothing more 2000s than Miss 2005. Ah. So we had to get her as a presenter and we're so lucky she said yes. You can follow Miss 2005, that's three S's, on Instagram for your daily Y2K serotonin boost. You can follow her on TikTok for more videos of Y2K, 2005, CDs, DVDs, fashion, Mm. anything revolving around that Y2K era. And basically, she lives in 2005. That she does. We love Nicole. She was also on our John Tucker Must Die episode from last season. So definitely go check her out and uh, take it away, Miss 2005. Hi, guys. My name's Nicole, and I am the digital content creator behind Miss 2005 on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you so much to Christina and Mo for having me back as a Star Dazzle Awards presenter three years in a row. I am so honored to be here to announce the winner for Best Movie Montage. I post about a lot of movies, so my opinion on this topic is very strong. Okay, here we go. The nominees for Best Movie Montage are Elizabeth on the Swing from Pride and Prejudice, Pocketful of Sunshine from Easy A, Pillow Talk from When Harry Met Sally, Learning the Dance from Dirty Dancing, and my personal endorsement goes to the Zeta Makeovers from The House Bunny. And the winner for Best Movie Montage goes to... Pocketful of Sunshine from Easy A. A devastating blow, but a worthy opponent. (laughs) Just kidding. I love you guys so much. Huge congrats on three years. It's an honor to know you both, let alone be able to call you my friends. Easy A is sweeping. sweeping. Absolutely sweeping. I'm really glad that we decided to include Patreon movies in this year's awards because definitely they're coming in hot and they're they're stealing a lot of wins right now. Yeah. But this this is montage excellence. It truly doesn't get any better than this. I want to find the card. I want the pocket full of sunshine <laughs> card. I bet. There's some seller on eBay that makes Just it. An arm and a leg. There's someone on Etsy that's out here making cards with pocketful of sunshine. Like they've got to be somewhere. I wonder if I can make like the mechanism, right? And then make my mm. own card with stock paper. Probably. I don't know. We're brainstorming. You, we'll think about it. Where my mind went is like if you go to like build a bear and you know how you can <laughs> like record a message for the yeah. hearts every time you press it. You need something like that. <laughs> essentially, but for a card. Have you ever seen the guy on TikTok who makes cards from scratch? Yes. And he cuts out all the things. Ah, love him. The most satisfying. So satisfying. 
Yeah, congratulations to Easy A, to <laughs> Emma Stone, and to Natasha Bedingfield personally. Yeah. Oh, Natasha. This was actually my ringtone when I was in middle school. Oh my gosh, incredible. Yeah. Next up, uh, best romance. Ugh. One of the most evocative categories. Mm-hmm. Just reminiscing about the good, the bad, the kissing, the tension. It's like mm-hmm. juicy. Like I love this category. Yeah, this was a hard category for us to to narrow down because we had so many really great love stories this season. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time like really narrowing down the nominees. Right. And one thing we we just kind of settled on is that it has to be like just like a grand, like a great love, you know, whether whether it, they end up together or they don't, but just like a life-changing love, uh, a right. formative love, you know? They didn't have to get married or have babies. It was just something that after this happens, their worlds were never the same. And for a presenter for Best Romance, we have our lovely friends and fellow podcasters, The Rom Complex. They have an amazing podcast about rom-coms and basically how they messed up our love lives. (laughs) Um, But I am still hopeful that I will have a love story like um, Jack and Rose and I want that guy to drown. (laughs) But (laughs) – Oh, my gosh. And I want him to sacrifice his life for me after three days. (laughs) Hee, hee, hee. If you want to hear our little collaboration, we did It Takes Two with the Rome Complex on our channel and channel, LOL, like we're YouTube. (laughs) And then we visited the Rome Complex to do Stuck in Love with them and uh, love Stuck in Love. So if you want to listen to that episode or any of their episodes, you can do so on streaming platforms. And Sam and Shelby, over to you. Hello, I am Shelby. And I'm Sam. And we're from the Rom Complex. You might remember us from a previous episode of Oh yes. <laughs> of movies that raised us. We are back, baby. We are back to present for the Star Dazzle Award. Star Dazzle Awards 2023 for Best Romance. And without further ado, or should we ado more? Sam, we have so mm. much time to do this in. We have so much time to ado. We, we- have to <laughs> We have to ado. Say one of your hottest takes right now. Um, um, ending with a pregnancy is the worst way to end a romance. <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's hot a, take. I like that. I think that's a pretty good take. Thank you. Thank you. I've been sitting on it for a while. I'm so glad. Mo and Christina gave us a platform that I could finally get that off my chest. <laughs> I'm so happy for you yeah. and for Mo and Christina and for the following nominees in mm. Best Romance. Iggy Threadgood and Ruth Jameson from Fried Green Tomatoes. Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Jack Dawson and Rose DeWitt Bucator from Titanic. Oh. oh, my heart will go on. Johnny Castle and Frances Baby Houseman. Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Hal Pendragon and Sophie Hatter from Hal's Moving Castle. Ooh, I'm sweating thinking about Hal in that multicolored <laughs> coat. <laughs> and finally, Harry Burns and Sally Albright from my personal favorite, When Harry Met Sally. 
We've got some great nominees here, but we're oh, going to yeah. need a winner, Sam. Oh, yeah. And the award for best romance goes to... Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Oh, the hand. Oh, that <laughs> hand flex. Congratulations. And thanks for letting us read these names to you. Bye. Bye. Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy. And And I love, I love, I love you. (laughs) I'm freaking out. And because uh, you have to catch up on Succession so we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But even so, barring the last couple episodes, the other episode from the trip, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When they're like, your earlobes are thick and chewy, chewy. like particle me. <laughs> I'm for. I'm like. <sighs> I was like, games. we're back. It, I was like, my vision was like blurring out. I was like, is that um, what's her fucking name? Which one? Kira Knightley. Like, oh is yes, Kira Knightley. <laughs> or no, or not? Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. only fitting that. Tom Wamsgans, Matthew McFadden, Mr. Darcy, all one in the same. Yes. Um, got some sort of award this this season. Mm-hmm. Attention had to be paid. And Ugh. we we loved doing Pride and Prejudice over on Patreon. It was so much fun. Uh, especially a first time viewing for Mo. Yeah, and I am obsessed now. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this I'm just gonna say this movie changed my life forever. Yeah. I'm so glad Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy took it away and honestly they did have a happy ending which is nice they did that they did yeah honestly like i love all of the couples we have here yeah i couldn't like it's a hard choice we have some heavy hitters Mm -hmm. you really can't go wrong with any of them but of course i will always have a special place in my heart for hal and sophie as i yeah that's your such a hell's moving castle lover but yeah, this is this is a really strong lineup, and I'm very happy for for Lizzie and Darcy their win. Yeah, moving on, one of my favorite categories, queer of the year. We had a little rebranding moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it? It was bisexual icon. First season, it was bicon of the year because we just happened to have a lot of bicons. Right. And then last year we it just was queer icon of the year and then mm-hmm. our lovely intern Kate suggested just shortening it to queer of the year. Shout out Kate. And uh, it worked. So here we are. We love a tight little tight little title. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have Rivka Reyes on to present this award. Rivka asked to be the presenter for this category, which we happily obliged because mm-hmm. who could deny that? Yeah. Perfect coupling. Um, a queer icon announcing a queer icon. So. Can't be topped. With that being said, take it away, Rivka. Hi, my name is Rivka Reyes, and it is my distinct honor to present the award for the queer of the year. The nominees are Megan from But I'm a Cheerleader, Noah from Fire Island, Iggy Threadgood from Fried Greed Tomatoes, Ellie Chu from The Half of It, George Downs from My Best Friend's Wedding, and Dr. Frank N. Furter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And the award for Queer of the Year goes to... 
George Downs from my best friend's wedding. It was a tight race, but George took it home. I was honestly surprised by this win. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't either. <laughs> and I'm not thrilled, no. Um, I, I just, thought for sure that Megan from But I'm a Cheerleader would take it. Or Dr. Frankenfurter. Mm, yeah. I'm like, is the cult classic too cult? Maybe. Like our But I'm a Cheerleader and Rocky Horror Picture Show too cult classic-y? I will say it was a pretty tight race. So I can give a little breakdown of the votes. George Downs. Yeah, I'm sensing fraud. <laughs> George Downs had uh, 26.5% of the vote. Okay. Then in second place, Megan from Benima Cheerleader with 23.5. And then just behind one vote separating these two, Dr. Frankenfurter with 23.3% of the vote. Mm. And how many votes difference was it between Megan and George? Do you know? 12. <laughs> 12 votes. I'm going to hunt those people down now. <laughs> But, I mean, George Downs really took a beating, honestly. He was being a really good friend the entire movie. Yeah, he's the only good person in that movie for sure. Yeah. And, you know, who's chasing you, Jules, is a great piece of advice that we should all remember. <laughs> if you're ever yeah. in a love triangle, who's Yay. chasing you? And if it's no one, make you your exit. You gotta leave the triangle, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How terrible. But, uh, I mean, congratulations to George, uh, an icon yes. in his own right, especially of the time. We didn't have, there weren't a lot of queer characters in, in mainstream sure. movies. So, a trailblazer mm -hmm. nonetheless. Definitely. And you know what? At the end of the night, Jules and George, they were dancing at the wedding. Yeah. Eating cake and having yeah. fun. So, all that to say, he really didn't have his own plot, which is yeah. a bummer. But yeah. he was a great friend. So Definitely. Definitely. All right. Next up, we have another new category. This, this category is one we added because, honestly, there were just so many contenders for musical number and for soundtrack mm -hmm. that we, we needed something else to, to get some of these songs their own shining moment. So we have the movie tie-in single Ooh. because we happen to just do a lot of movies this season that had their own singles. And uh, the, the movie tie-in single, I do feel, is a lost art. I feel like we need to get back to that. I love a good yeah. like music video with intercut scenes from the movie that they're from. Mm -hmm. Let's bring it back. I love the tie-in single. It's just a way to really put an edge on it. When it's not just an original soundtrack, but an original song with lyrics. Yeah. Like, that's powerful, man. And all of these were were big charting hits. So Right, exactly. Presenting this award, we have the wonderful Bobby, the afternoon special on TikTok. You may recognize her as, hi, I'm Bobby, and I'm your friend who knows a little bit too much about pop culture. Ah, love that intro. An absolute icon. We are so happy to have her presenting this award. Nobody is more knowledgeable about movies about pop culture about just what's going on in the zeitgeist mm -hmm. and uh without further ado bobby take it away hi i'm bobby and i'm your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture and the host of the afternoon special podcast and i have the great honor to be presenting the award for best movie tie-in single and now without further ado here are the nominees 
Safe and Sound by Taylor Swift and The Civil War from The Hunger Games. I can almost see it. That dream I'm dreaming. You know the rest of the lyric. It's The Climb by Miley Cyrus from the American cinematic classic Hannah Montana, the movie. I've had The Time of My Life by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens from Dirty Dancing. And I do think you are entitled to financial compensation if anyone has ever attempted to lift you while listening to that song. You'll Be In My Heart by Phil Collins from Tarzan. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion from Titanic. And You Drive Me Crazy by Britney Spears from Drive Me Crazy, which fun fact, I know all the choreography to that song because of the hit early 2000s VHS tape, Darren's Dance Grooves. Uh, Shout out to my fellow dancers out there. And the award for best movie tie-in single goes to... The Climb by Miley Cyrus from Hannah Montana, the movie. It's the climb. <laughs> I love that we were both about to start yeah. singing at the same time, but different parts. Because I was about to be like, ain't oh, about how fast I get there. And I was waiting on, on the other side. side. <laughs> it's the climb. I love how she like really goes off in that movie. There are a couple of moments, but the one mm-hmm. that just like immediately comes to mind is when she's in the revolving door and she's Hannah and then she's Miley and yeah. she's looking at him <laughs> and it's just like it slows down and the wig is coming and I'm off. Like, Leave the doors. <laughs> Leave. But, oh my gosh. Such an iconic song. Such an iconic yeah. moment. Um, her and Dolly Parton recently for New Year's Eve sang this song together. It was uh, I was I sobbing. Love, I love them together. I think they're amazing, talented mm-hmm. ladies. Mm-hmm. So good. I honestly was kind of surprised at this one though. I had my money on my heart will go on Celine Dion. Oh yeah, but that's a big number. Potentially <laughs> one of the most famous movie songs of all time. But I am very glad that the climb uh, took this award home tonight. And we're off. 30 seconds to work back on air. Christina, it is your responsibility to make sure you know where your prop is. I don't know where it is. I don't know either. No, do not eat in your costume. It's on loan from Chanel. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Okay. Unique New York. I love unique New York. You ready? Okay. And in five, four, three, two. And we're back after a short intermission where I peed. So (laughs) let's get into part two. Yeah. So next up, we have another new category. And um, this one is really tailor-made for for this year of movies because we had a lot of potential love that just never had the chance to flourish. Yes. I could talk for hours about some of these nominees. I love that we added Gracie Hart and Cheryl. Yeah. They definitely had a very close bond that felt more than just a friendship. I don't know. I don't know anyone else felt that way, but Yeah. Like who knows what could have happened if they just gave that a chance, but but no, she had to get together with a nasty guy. The nasty man. <laughs> nasty. And he's not a lovable scoundrel. He's just a scoundrel. Yeah, exactly. So this this year we have our The Ship That Should Have Sailed category. And we have our lovely, incredible, show-stopping intern, Kate, on the case, ready to present this award. 
Kate has been just the most incredible intern on the podcast. It is the three of us running the show, and Kate just seamlessly came in, made things so organized, always is really reminding us of stuff, mostly me, and (laughs) has been an amazing help. And if you listen to the main feed or the Patreon, like just know that not everything could be done without Kate helping us and want to say a big thank you to Kate. Yes, truly an incredible addition to the team. Always coming up with so many good ideas. She sat with us for like three hours while we figured out all of the nominees for this. And did work before we even sat down to parse out who had been nominated before, who won before, like make a spreadsheet. Unbelievable dedication. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for everything you do for us, Kate. We are so happy and grateful to have you a part of this team. Mm -hmm. With that being said, take it away. Hey, Sleepover Squad. Intern Kate here. I am so incredibly excited to be a part of this year's Stardazzle Awards and to be introducing a new category, the ship that should have sailed. This is the couple that should have been given another chance. The couple that you read fan fiction about in the wee hours of the night, and the couple that you scream at the TV, it should have been them! And our nominees are... Lara Jean Covey and podcast fave John Ambrose McLaren from To All the Boys I've Loved Before Too, the OG Grumpy Sunshine Pair, and my personal choice, War and Peace and Layla Williams from Sky High, the underdog duo that just didn't get a shot, Nicole Maris and Ray Neely from Drive Me Crazy, the dutiful Mary Fiore and the adorable Massimo from The Wedding Planner, and last but certainly not least, Gracie Hart and Miss Rhode Island herself, Cheryl from Miss Congeniality. And the winner is... Layla and Lauren from Sky High! I am so glad that they won. They are adorable, and I wish we got a movie with these two. Thank you again, Mo and Christina, for having me be a part of this year's Star Dazzle Awards and the pod. I couldn't be more grateful to work with you lovely girls. It had to be. That's what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about, okay? Mm -hmm. First of all, this is my Halloween costume. Yep. Second of all, I love that. There is no good reason why she ended up with what's his name? I don't even remember his name. Stronghold. Will Stronghold. No. Where was the chemistry there? I didn't see it. Can't a girl go to high school say, wow, I thought I was in love with my male best friend, but actually, upon meeting other men, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. He sucks, and he's not even cute. Actually, there's this, like, really beautiful, smart, mysterious, like, kind of, you know, a little, a little bit crunchy and crispy on the outside, but, like, gooey in the center guy who's like looking at me across the booth at this Chinese restaurant I love maybe it. I should date and marry him and be with him forever I don't know but that's just I me don't know. <laughs> that's just me and it would be so like his parents like worn a piece and his dad is like a famous villain and his mm-hmm. mom is like peaceful but like Layla would like nurture that peaceful side of him yeah Ugh, I could see it all happening <sighs> well if we ever do get the sequel that everybody wanted mm-hmm. and we don't at least explore Warren and Layla together. I'll be mad. I'm suing Disney personally. So yeah. <laughs> watch As your you fucking back, <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> yeah. As you should. <sighs> wow. Well-deserved win. Incredible. Next up, we have another classic category, best breakup scene. 
And we have a bit of a, an interesting mix of breakups because we really didn't have that many like super volatile screaming, yelling breakup scenes like we have in the past. We actually have some that are a little bit more subvertive like Eddie and Fran or Kathleen and Frank where it's just, you know, a conversation or, you know, some more heartbreaking moments. So it's an interesting mix this year, but but I like it. Yeah, we even have some friends thrown in there, friend breakup. Mm-hmm. And presenting this category, we have Chanel Riccio, a YouTuber, a podcaster. Definitely check out her YouTube and her podcast, which covers star vehicles. So there's a lot of talk about 90s, 2000s movies, the people who starred in them, like Gwyneth Paltrow, Jennifer Lopez, Diane Lane. We got a lot of pop culture with Chanel. So if you're into that, I highly recommend her YouTube and her podcast. Without further ado, Chanel, take it away. Hey, you guys, I'm Chanel, YouTuber, fellow podcaster, and I am so excited to announce for you guys the award for best breakup scene. Quite a lot of those come to mind, but the list that I have for you is Oh, it's perfect. The nominees for best breakup scene are Eddie and Fran, the wedding planner, Annie and Lillian, bridesmaids, Bella and Jacob, the Twilight Saga eclipse, Sebastian and Annette, cruel intentions, and Kathleen and Frank from You've Got Mail. And the award for best breakup scene goes to... Annie and Lillian from Bridesmaids. What a classic, classic scene. I really don't think, yeah, I don't think there's anything more iconic than than the, it's it's the scene right when they're at her shower and Annie um, has that fit and runs outside and takes a taste of the giant cookie. <laughs> and then she puts a bunch, of, a bunch of grass in the chocolate and says, enjoy your unsanitary chocolate. Oh my God. You guys, this has been the honor of my lifetime. And you know what? I I just, I hope I get asked back, Mo and Christina. No pressure, though. I love that Annie and Jillian won. Me too. It's such a good scene. Like, the way that it builds Mm -hmm. into that giant explosion where she fucking punches and kicks that cookie. Smash that cookie up. (laughs) She fucking tore that cookie up. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Now I want an insomnia cookie. Oh, I want so a good. fucking cookie, dude. Maybe I'll make cookies. Yeah. Sorry. The point <laughs> being is I love that people chose the friend breakup because it does feel like there was so much gravitas with that breakup than pretty much any breakup scene. Like I'm thinking of You've Got Mail or even when Harry met Sally when they like sleep together, but they're like, oh, yeah, we don't want to like be together. Like, yeah. Annie and Jillian was just so explosive and made me so mm-hmm. sad. Yeah, definitely. And like you, you really get to feel the whole history of their friendship, how meaningful their relationship was. And yeah. it was simultaneously absolutely hysterical and devastating. They struck that perfect balance. And mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was just an awesome scene. I will say, honorable mention, what I kind of wanted to win was the Bella and Jacob breakup because it is <gasps> oh. so heartbreaking. He's like, they had to re-break every bone in my body. 
And then he's like, I'd rather all the breaking be done at once. I'm like, fucking just stab me in the chest, why don't you? It is so sad. So honorable mention to Bella and Jacob. Holy moly. Let that sink in before we go to best costumes. (laughs) Before we go to a lighter lighter category. Yeah. (sighs) All right. Best costumes. We're getting the the run of the gambit. We have some um, period pieces. We have some avant-garde. We have some holiday and just some general Y2K fantasy beautiful wear. So Mm -hmm. we have one of our favorite fellow Instagrammer, uh, pop culture movie mavens, the film tripper as the presenter for this category. And I feel like you've really gotten to know Becca on a personal level because you both live in Toronto and you've actually gotten to hang out. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's been great getting to getting to know Becca and hang out with her in uh in Toronto, the the city of of movies, because so much is shot here to, oh my God, to look it's like New York. So insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, she's she's really awesome. Her content is amazing. I highly recommend following her on Instagram and on TikTok too. She does a lot of stuff about just different movie filming locations all around the world. She travels for it and everything. And it's just all around an awesome person. So without further ado, Becca, Miss Film Tripper, take it away. Hello, hello. It is an absolute honor to be back again to present at the most prestigious award show of the year. The Oscars could never with these movie choices. My name is Becca Rhodes, maybe better known on TikTok as the Film Tripper, and I am so excited to share with you a very special category. If you're listening to the pod, I know you've seen Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, so as the great Miss Bagoli once said, costumes are sacred. And I think our nominees are pretty sacred in the world of movie costuming. The nominees are Jacqueline Durant, Pride and Prejudice, I mean, any reason to honor Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden, I'm here for it. Sue Blaine, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Frank Inverter is one of the most iconic looks, period. Rita Ryak, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. There is no better Christmas look than Martha May in that red dress. Patricia Fields, Confessions of a Shopaholic. Isla Fisher serving look after look, and that green scarf had to be perfect. Eric Demin, Gossip Girl. I think about Blair Walder's blue Ellie Sab wedding dress truly every day, and that's why that is what I voted for. Apologies for all those names I just botched, but the Star Dazzle Award goes to... Rita Ryak, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I think we all need to join hands, sing around the Christmas tree, Dahudore. Congrats, Rita. This is like a sweet treat in my mouth. (laughs) The costumes for the Grinch... Simply unmatched. From the weird get-ups that the Grinch wears to Martha May Huvier with mm-hmm. her gorgeous, like, Christmas-inspired fits. Yeah. It's unbelievable. To Cindy Lou Who's little kid garments, like, it's just detail after detail. Mm-hmm. Rita Ryak really just went off. Her fantasy exploded on the screen and i yeah i can't stress enough how amazing these costumes are yeah the one that took my breath away especially is cindy luhu's little outfit where she's wearing a hat that is literally like a cup of i think like eggnog or hot chocolate and there's like actual liquid in it that's like moving around as she's moving around love breathtaking incredible attention to detail Mm -hmm. and uh 
a very worthy winner. I just think of all of like Christine Baranski's outfits. <sighs> that red dress, that <sighs> blue dressing gown with like the white trim. Uh, gorgeous. I love I love a gorgeous woman getting together with like a nasty little man. What's that sound on TikTok where it's like Hi Dan. I just moved in next door. I'm a supermodel. I don't care who the IRS sends. I am not paying taxes. I've been seeing the one a lot lately where it's like, how much do I owe you? It's okay. It's on the house. Really? And you open up the purse and it's like starburst and like lint. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just scammer things, you know. Oh my goodness. Thank Thank you. you. Oh, who, me? No. Well, I no. never. <laughs> What's the the one from the house bunny has been exploding? Oh, where yeah. Where she's like, oh, who, me? No. That's for girls who are all boobs and no brains. I'm too busy reading. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, shall we head on to our next category? Let's get into it. Let's hop into it. Best kiss. Oh. Uh. When you think of a romance movie, there's always that moment that, as Princess Diaries would have us say, the foot popping kiss. Yep, yep. And I think Mia Thermopolis was right. There's just that moment, that spark, that, you know, feeling that flutters across your chest when you have that beautiful romantic kiss. Mm-hmm. So we have to honor it. Yes. And who better than our true romantic Pisces friend? Miss Monica Mulhall. Yes, you you may remember Monica from both our Love Actually episode and our Family Stone episode. She crawls out of, you know, her beautiful apartment once a year to to do a Christmas movie with us, <laughs> and we couldn't be more grateful. Yes. And with that being said, take it away, Miss Mulhall. Hello, Sleepover Squad. This is your good pal Monica from The Family Stone and Love Actually episodes. I know it's not Christmas, but I am here to present for the category of best kiss because there's nothing I more firmly believe in than a good old foot poppin' kiss. The nominees are Jack and Rose on the bow of the ship, Titanic. Catherine and Cecile in Central Park, Cruel Intentions. Sam and Kate in the schoolhouse, Holes. Harry and Sally on New Year's Eve when Harry met Sally. Katniss and Peeta in the cave, The Hunger Games. And Robbie and Julia's practice kiss, The Wedding Singer. And the award for best kiss goes to... Jack and Rose on the bow of the ship, Titanic! I can practically hear the penny whistle starting. I congratulate the winners, Jack and Rose, Leo and Kate, the Titanic itself. Now that's a foot pop and kiss. (laughs) I mean, as far as kisses go, it doesn't get more iconic than this one. 
uh, on the bow of the ship, feeling the breeze, no icebergs in sight. The beautiful, like, warm, golden sunset around them. The way I just want to be on a fucking boat every day of my life. (laughs) I love being on a boat. I I can't stress this enough. I love being on the water. I'm such a seasick gal. I can't do it. (laughs) I would love to be someone who could do that, but unfortunately, Mm -hmm. my body has a rough time. But I do understand and appreciate the romance of a nautical vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. The thought of kissing on the bow of a ship is insanely romantic to me. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful scene when he whispers in her ear and starts singing, uh, come Josephine on your flying machine. Oh. Just gorgeous. We have to give an honorable mention, though, to Sam and Kate in the schoolhouse. Oh, yeah. That like, one's so good. Oh, it's oh. so – it's such so – I can fix that. And my heart is melting out of my chest. Yeah, yeah absolutely fluttering away. Oh, so many good kisses. Honestly, a very strong, yeah. strong lineup. All right, shall we head into maybe my favorite category, a new edition this year? You really popped off with (laughs) this category. People were were talking about it. People were talking about it. (laughs) Yeah, because – these are these are men that like we love, but they're they're not respectful kings. Like you just you know when you know if someone's a respectful king, and these men are not. But no, no, they all. have that something special. They pull you in, they reel you in, mm-hmm. and we needed something just for them. So we did add this lovable scoundrel category, and it's a tough one because it's a stacked list of nominees. Right, it is definitely like. You know, you think Gomez Adams, like, loving father and husband, but he is obsessed with killing people and, like, has a malicious little heart. And it's like, how do you juggle those two things? And (laughs) Christina was like, I've got it, actually. Lovable scoundrel. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Who do we have presenting (laughs) this category? But the one and only Jacques from Seeking Derangements, our very own friend, colleague, fellow podcaster, who some might consider to be a lovable scoundrel. Yeah. We have been so lucky to have Jock on not once, not twice, but three times in our Scream episode, as well as two different Gilmore Girls breakdowns. So Jock is just the best, makes us laugh like no other. Without further ado, Jock, tell us who is this year's lovable scoundrel. Howdy, y'all. I'm Jacques, and I am from Seeking Derangements, and I am here to present the most wonderful category of them all, the lovable scoundrel category. Our nominees are as follows. Flynn Ryder from Tangled. Gomez Adams from The Adams Family. Hal Pendragon from Howl's Moving Castle. Jess Marino from Gilmore Girls. He's got my vote. Dimitri from Anastasia. And Jack Dawson from Titanic. Now, the winner is... Flynn Ryder from Tangled. Wow, I didn't expect that. Mr. Ryder himself! You're so ecstatic, aren't you? I was. I was very happy that Flynn won. I mean, I... 
I love Tangled. Anyone who listened to that episode knows I love Tangled. So I'm really glad that we got to get Flynn in there nominated somehow because attention needed to be paid to just how much of a lovable scoundrel he is. Like, he defines the word. I agree. And it's also, like, such a softy. Yeah. He's such a softy. Eugene. He's such a little maniacal. He – honestly, I feel like he is an animated – different font of Jess Mariano from Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guarded, rough around the edges, but just an ooey-gooey center once again. Mm -hmm. Maybe Jack Dawson was too lovable and not scoundrel enough. Yeah. Could be. It's it's a hard balance to strike. It is. It is. Not many can do it, but Flynn Rider, our hats go off to you. That they do. Next up, we have the love to hate category presented by no other than Tori from Ready to Be Petty podcast. Tori has been doing the love to hate category since we started the Dazzies, and there is no sign of us changing that because (laughs) Ready to Be Petty is Tori's podcast. It's all about what's happening in pop culture, the petty weight champion of the week who's been the pettiest so of course the love to hate category has to go to someone as discerning as tori absolutely yeah we have had the pleasure of recording with tori a few times now she was on both of our to all the boys episodes and we were just Mm -hmm. on her podcast recently talking about the met talking about the sydney sweeney glenn powell drama talking about the sophia richie wedding so definitely go and check out her podcast she is incredible, a dear friend, and we love Tori. Yes. And without further ado, take it away. Hi, I'm Tori, the host of Ready to Be Petty, a pop culture podcast. And congrats to MTRU for another very fun year of podcasts. So for the third year in a row, I'm back and I will be presenting the love to hate category. This group of nominees is the table you would want to sit with at lunch because you know they have the best gossip, and in Catherine's case, the best drugs. So here are the nominees. Mother Gothel, Tangled. Julianne Potter, My Best Friend's Wedding. Warden Walker, Holes. Meredith, Bratz, The Movie. Catherine Murtoy, Cruel Intentions and Gladys Lehman, Drop Dead Gorgeous. And the award for the love to hate category goes to... Julianne Potter, My Best Friend's Wedding. I was surprised by this win. I don't know why I wasn't expecting Julianne to take it, but I kind of thought it was going to go to Warden Walker. I, like, probably could have voted for a lot of other people. (laughs) For me, for me, because for me, Julianne, I was like, I don't love to hate you. I just hate you. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Who did you vote for? I think I actually voted for Meredith. I knew it. it. But the thing is, is I don't hate Meredith. I just love Meredith. (laughs) I know you do. That's the issue. I know you do. I think you wanted her song to be in one as one of the nominees yes i did i did insist that her her song be a part of best musical number just because it's so iconic and nobody talks about it it's true except for me so (laughs) 
But I mean, Julianne is is definitely the villain in her own story. So I think it makes a lot of sense that that she would take this one. Our next music-related award is Best Musical Number. And these are like the show-stopping hits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're the ones you can't get out of your head after you've seen the movie. They are like (laughs) your rose-colored glasses for the rest of the film. And to present Best Musical Number, we have the incredible Rachel Horwitz, who you may remember from our music and lyrics episode with Damien Kronfeld. We are so thrilled that Rachel came back to present this award. We had the best time recording with her and Damien. And without further ado, let's just head right into it. Take it away, Rachel. Hi, this is Rachel Horwitz of the famed Extra Long Music and Lyrics episode. I'm so happy to be back announcing the Star Dazzle Award for Best musical number obviously my fingers are crossed for a win that includes the music stylings of a certain hugh grant but all of the nominees are incredible competition the nominees are i see the light from tangled a way back into love from music and lyrics my personal favorite all about me from bratz the movie time warp from rocky horror picture show once upon a december from anastasia dancing queen from mamma mia Grow Old With You from The Wedding Singer, and You Can't Stop the Beat from Hairspray. And the winner is... Dancing Queen from Mamma Mia! Donna and the Dynamos are a hard act to beat. An iconic number from an iconic film. Congrats, Mamma Mia, and thank you, Movies That Raised Us. We curated this. (laughs) And you just picked Dancing Queen? We spent so long on this, and you said, yeah, I think Dancing Queen. Mm. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to go chimp mode. Listen, I, I mean, I get it. Dan- that moment is incredible. Of course. It's a great, great musical number. But there were some heavy, heavy hitters in here. I'm just surprised. Time warp. Once upon a December, I see the light. You can't stop the beat ever since this old world, world began. began. A woman found it if she shook shake a moment. <laughs> yeah, um, one thing. And that so you I'm made- gonna shake and shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually had uh, the patrons select our hairspray nominee for this category because how do you pick just one song from hairspray? Yeah. Impossible. If it were up to me, I would have picked Without Love, but that's just me. <laughs> without love. Life is like a There's beat that you can't follow without, without love. love. <laughs> They're like, oh, God, please stop singing. And we won't. But <laughs> Without Love. <laughs> but, yeah, I was I was surprised that Mamma Mia took it. It is a great song. Like, I really you can't go wrong with any of the nominees, but... Yeah, I was just surprised. I guess that does say something about Dancing Queen because it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. Everyone knows it for a reason. And I just want to be back in Berlin dancing to Dancing Queen by ABBA like it's 2018. Berlin, the club, not the city for anyone listening. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was also confused the first time I heard about it. Yes, there was a – I mean, it still exists. We just, like, don't really go there anymore. But there was this club called Berlin, and they played a lot of, like, disco music, and it's a good times. Good oh, times. I miss being young and 
full of life and just living in New York. You're still those things. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. I think that, uh, guys, I'm moving to Brooklyn. I think it will be okay. Yeah. Uh, I love Brooklyn. It's just that I haven't lived there for a couple years. And I'm like, it's going to be different. Even walking around where my new apartment is, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. There isn't like the hustle and bustle of like 10 vape stores and right. a bunch of teens <laughs> running around. Yeah, it'll it'll be quiet. It's also like a different part of Brooklyn than when we lived there. So new yeah. neighborhood, new things to discover. Yeah. And much like me discovering new things at almost 27 years old, mm-hmm. we have the next category, which is coming of age queen. Yes. This is kind of a, a combination category of a few different categories we've had in the past where we had young leading lady, we had best glow up arc, best transformation story. And this, I think, really encapsulates everything that we're going for. Just a coming of age gal who's learning about herself. She, she's going through a moment and she comes out the better end. We have, uh, we have a lot of really great nominees, a lot of really inspiring young ladies. And to present this award, we have another incredible, inspiring young lady, the one and only Shelly, a.k.a. Glitter Pen Perspective. Yes. Shelly is an incredible content creator who does a lot of really cool stuff on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So if you're not already following her, I don't know what you're doing because she is all about those Y2K vibes. Absolutely. She does an amazing job at just showcasing not only Y2K moments, but like the whole perspective on her Disney Princess TV, which iconic. Yeah. So with that being said, Shelly, take it away. Good evening, Stardazzle Awards. My name is Shelly from the Glitter Pen Perspective TikTok, where I break down 2000s pop culture history in bite-sized videos. From Radio Disney one-hit wonders to the T-Mobile sidekick, we discuss it all. Tonight, I'm so honored to present the award for the coming-of-age queen. The nominees for the audience have shared their most vulnerable, relatable perspectives on the big screen, and we'd love to see it because, hey, we've all been there. These girls helped us overcome the roller coaster of growing up and deserve to be celebrated just for that. I personally would love to see a roundtable-style conversation with the nominees discussing the highs and lows of family dynamics, puberty, coming out, teen pregnancy, activism, and gossip. Imagine how lively, witty, educational, and musical these conversations would be. Seriously, where is the teen version of The View when you need one? The nominees for the coming-of-age queens are Vicky Austin, A Ring of Endless Light, Maylin Lee from Turning Red, Megan from But I'm a Cheerleader, Juno McGuff from Juno, Tracy Turnblad from Hairspray, Olive Pintergast from Easy A, and the winner, and the winner for the coming-of-age queen is Maylin Lee from Turning Red. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. We Uh, loved Turning Red so much. It was such a pleasure to get to cover that movie. Just truly a new classic that has entered the zeitgeist. And if you haven't seen it yet, please Mm -hmm. log on to Disney Plus. Watch that movie. This movie is going to be like the 2020s version of The Karen Keeping of You. Mm. Because the way that it handles 
it's not really as much about like the physical bodily changes of Mm -hmm. becoming like going through puberty, but it's like about those emotional changes and how you're feeling and like the essence of growing. And Mm -hmm. I think that the way they portrayed it was so beautiful. Maylin, we've talked about this before, but she is such a lovable character. Yeah. And we really just feel for her throughout the entire film. Yeah, so. like this is a movie that I think if I had watched it when I was like, you know, between 11 and 13, mm-hmm. it would have been life-changing for sure. And I know that it would have been for a lot of other people too. So I, I feel very envious but also very happy for the younger generation that gets to grow up with this movie because it yeah. is so great and May is such a great character to follow along. But – Yeah, this category, I love this category. All of our nominees are so great. And it was actually a really tight race. And May just pulled out the win at the very end. There is uh, four, no, five votes separating May from the runner-up, who was Olive Pendergast from EZA. Wow. Yeah. Very different coming-of-age moments. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Time for... One of the most highly anticipated categories. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is a category that we discuss a lot throughout the whole season. We're constantly keeping our eyes out. Keeping our eyes freaking peeled, brother. Yeah. Who could be the next respectful king of the year? To, to refresh your memory, season one, the one and only, Raymond the Lifeguard, the blueprint for being respectful. For our t-shirts. We have a whole merch design for him. If you haven't seen it already, head over to our Tee Public. It is available. You can get it on a shirt. You can get it on a tote bag. Get it on a phone case. We got it all. Get it on a mug. Get it on a notebook. Yeah. Then season two, we had the incredible Andrew Jacoby from Princess Diaries 2. Yes. Yes. The second he picked up those flowers so that Mia wouldn't feel embarrassed that she almost knocked over the flowers. It was over. I was sold. It was over. Yeah. And this year... I think we have our strongest lineup yet. Yes. We do have Yayan Cook as the respectful king presenter this year. Mm-hmm. Three for three. Right. You know him as the Hunger Games uh, scholar. You mm-hmm. know him as a TikTok broadcaster and mm-hmm. overall pop culture historian. So with that being said, take it away, Yayan. I'm Yian Cook, and I am so incredibly honoured and privileged to be presenting the Respectful King of the Year Award at this year's Star Dazzle Awards. Let's take a look at the nominees. Lobster Todd, Easy A. John Ambrose McLaren, to all the boys, P.S. I still love you. Peace of the games! <clears throat> Derek, in Save the Last Dance. Dave Rogalski, Gilmore Girls. Sam, the Onion Man, in Holes. Now... I'd love to say that I'm not biased, but we all know I am. However, the award goes to... Sam the Onion Man. Peter Malak was robbed. Um... Sam the Onion Man. Amazing choice. Uh, He's not in the movie as much as the other characters are that were nominated, but Mm -hmm. the impact he makes is so precious absolutely he just as soon as we see him for the first time establishes such a warm kind 
generous, giving presence. Mm-hmm. And we see that in Dor. He he fixes anything that Miss Kate needs. <laughs> no. Oh, he just truly is a one-of-a-kind character. And also a freaking cutie. He's so cute. It's he's like, I'm a small business owner. I have mm-hmm. a donkey. Mm-hmm. And He's just the sweetest man. He fixes everything, and uh, his fate was so, so uh, fucked up mm-hmm. and disheartening. But I'm glad everyone agrees that we should remember Sam the Onion Man. Yes. Remember his amazing constitutive character, and I'm glad he's our respectful king. Yeah. I He wasn't necessarily who I was expecting to win. I really was – expecting Lobster Todd to to take it away right. because people do be loving Lobster Todd and Penn Badgley. Mm-hmm. And it was a very tight race between the two. And ultimately, Sam the Onion Man walked away with the victory. And I couldn't be happier to have him join our respectful king, Hall of Fame, alongside some other incredible kings. Definitely. And now we're at our last category of the year. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we're here. Leading lady of the year. The leading lady isn't just the main character in the movie. Mm-hmm. She is the moment. She is the aesthetic. She is the thought leader of the film. Yeah. She might be a little bit messy and complicated, but that's why we love her. She makes mistakes, but she picks herself back up. We get to see her go on a journey, and we really learn something from her at the end of the day. Absolutely. She's learning. She's growing. She's making life-altering decisions. And what we learn from the leading lady every single time is that Sometimes you got to go out on a limb Mm -hmm. to be happy. Yeah. So without further ado, let's go through our nominees. First, we have Frances Baby Hausman from Dirty Dancing. A young woman who comes of age, who explores her sexuality, who learns how to dance, and who isn't afraid to speak up and fight for what's right and help others. Next, we have Rose DeWitt Bucater from Titanic, someone who has always been a free spirit, a free thinker, even in an environment that really tried to control what she did. And by breaking out of that, she was able to really experience love, to experience all that life had to offer. Kathleen Kelly from You've Got Mail, a small business owner, a woman who isn't afraid to speak her mind, but also is incredibly kind and connects with others. And despite some potentially poor taste in men, we love her anyways. Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. Someone who really was a tad cocky, didn't think they were going to get married. But when you meet the right person, you meet the right person and they're like in the earwig, you can't get out. And she really went for it. She decided to go after what she wanted and pursue love. May Morton from The Photograph, somebody who initially was guarded but ultimately works through her issues with her late mother and finds a way to honor the work that her mother did in photography while also connecting with her father and opening herself up to love. Gracie Hart, a lauded FBI investigator and... Someone who was quite rough around the edges, but 
went undercover, became someone who uh, was perceived as the perfect woman. But within all of this juxtaposition, really was able to find herself and feel that bond and friendship that she needed in order to figure out who she really was. And without further ado, the winner of Leading Lady of the Year is... Gracie Hart from Miss Congeniality. Bravo, Gracie. Uh, A well-deserved win. Absolutely. Miss Congeniality is a great movie. It's definitely stuck with me Mm -hmm. from the comedy to the more intense parts. And that movie really above all is about that female bond, that friendship, because the thing about Gracie is she's never going to be this prim, perfect beauty queen, but the person that she was, this like super rough around the edges career first woman also wasn't who she was. It was something she used as a like guard to be not vulnerable. Yeah. Like a defense mechanism. Cause she's in a, in a male dominated field where she has to be tough. Otherwise she's not going to be taken seriously. Exactly. And I think it's so beautiful that we get to watch her go through this journey where she becomes good friends with these women who initially she had written off as just dumb or airheads or whatever, and really see the strength in vulnerability and having a strong support system. And I think it really speaks to, like, I think it's actually a perfect win and a great thing for us to end this award show on because it really speaks to so many things that we love to look for in movies, which is that like close bonding of, of women in relationships together and just leaning on each other for support and holding each other up and couldn't be happier with this win. Absolutely. Wow. I can't believe we went through 20 categories <sighs> and a whole season. Yeah. We're in our fourth season, dude. That's crazy. It's crazy because it feels like we've been doing this for like a decade, but also like we just No started. time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. We are just so incredibly grateful that we get to do this year after year, look back on everything we've talked about, get to chat about it with you guys in the DMs or Mm -hmm. in the Discord. It's it's really special that we get to connect with everybody. And we just want to say an extremely heartfelt thank you to anyone who supported this podcast. Yes, thank you so much. It's really been amazing to have an outlet to to talk about something we love so much with mm-hmm. each other and we love chatting with each other. And um, I mean, if this was my full-time job, I would be so fulfilled. I would be ecstatic. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's the goal, just to yeah. produce content and be a full-time podcaster. Yeah. And – We're working hard. We're going to work very hard to make season four an amazing season for you guys. And we want to just be bigger and better as we keep going. So anytime that you have something you want us to try out or cover, feel free to hit us up on social media or via email. We also just want to take a moment to thank all of our incredible presenters who put in the time to record for us for this episode. It means so much to have this incredible community of fellow creators, of podcasters, of guests. So thank you so much to everybody who presented tonight. And we will have everybody's socials and everything linked on our stories on Instagram. Yes. Thanks so much to our guests. And of course, to Kate, our intern, 
for your help on this episode. And that's a wrap for season three. We will see you next week for the start of season four. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. And we're off. Great job, team. That's a wrap on the 2023 Dazzies. Everyone, please make your way to the parking lot. My mom is driving us to Denny's, but someone else's mom has to pick us up.